Jesus said, a disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of, the, of his household? So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing is secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, for, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be member of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the gospel. Please be seated. Well, this is a hard gospel. That's it, that's all I got. <laughs> Jesus, the one whom the messenger told Joseph will be born to save his people. Jesus, the one who called followers to help him gather people in. Jesus, the one who said, love your enemies, and I desire mercy, and forgive not seven times, but 77 times. Jesus, the one who said, do not worry about your life, and come to me all who are weary, and I will give you rest. This same Jesus, here says things like he will deny his followers, that he's come to bring a sword instead of peace. He speaks of tearing families apart. What do we do with these words? I'm literally asking. I have spent weeks mulling over this text. The moment I found out I was up for preaching this weekend, and by the way, I wrote the preaching schedule, so that's on me. And then we started planning music, and Gail and Jamie are looking at me going, what's your theme? What's the songs? And I'm like, I don't know. I need to be sick that day. <laughs> That's my theme. Here's what I know. We have to read all of Scripture, and we have to interpret Scripture, especially the hard texts, through the lens of the Gospel, the whole Gospel. We call it the canon within the canon. The lens of the whole gospel because the whole gospel shows us over and over and over that God loves us fiercely. That God desires life for us. Gives us chance after chance and grace after grace. God is a God of mercy and forgiveness, hope, and despite what I just said out loud with my own mouth, peace. So I think 
I have to assume there's something else going on here. Besides Jesus warning us that he's gonna set us up against people we love and turn us away if we doubt or falter at any moment. Matthew's Jesus does seem to be a lot more harsh, a lot more stark than the Jesus we see in Mark, Luke, and John. See, each of the gospel writers wrote to very specific audiences, which means they each had slightly different motivations. Matthew wrote to a mostly Jewish audience, and his goal was to show his people that Jesus had fulfilled and was sort of moving the people forward through from beyond the Old Testament. His purpose in writing was to show that Jesus was a great teacher, the new Moses, the one that the people should be looking to and following in order to continue their covenant living with God. And Matthew, being so fully aware of the Old Testament, knew how hard it had gone for his people when they'd turned away from God's covenant before. He knew there was no wiggle room to follow God one day and not follow the next. He knew that as Joshua says, one either chooses life or death. Because following God always moves us toward life and turning away from God always leads to choices of death. One cannot do both at the same time. One is either within the boundaries of healthy relationship with God or outside of it because as Matthew would say, you can't serve two masters at the same time. So of course, of course Matthew's Jesus is going to be very clear that you're either in or you're out. It's not meant to be a threat. Hear that again. It's not meant to be a threat. It's a reminder that walking away from God's good life has never gone well for the people. He doesn't wanna see it happen again in his community So his Jesus calls out, don't deny the thing that's bringing you life, turn toward it and find life, duh. I mean, probably Jesus didn't say duh, I don't know, I wasn't there. (laughs) Except the catch, the catch is that following Jesus also has some really big consequences in the world. Turning away from God is problematic and following Jesus can be problematic. And this is where Jesus was trying to level with his disciples because he was about to send them out. This is him sending his people out. He wanted to make sure they knew what they were in for. Because for whatever reason, the world seems to buck against the beautiful love of God's kingdom. It always has and it always does. And by the world, I also mean even sometimes something in our very selves. If we as a whole were really good at love, our world would not look the way it does today, amen? Throughout the gospel, whenever Jesus worked for justice, when he pushed for love or peace or inclusion or abundance or generosity, he always got pushed back every time. The final pushback came in the form of a cross because the empire panicked at his large following and did whatever they could do to silence him. The kingdoms of this world which stand for self above all others at any cost, cannot and will not tolerate efforts for the common good. So all of those persecutions that Jesus experienced were gonna be on the table for his disciples, even today. When we walk the way of Jesus, there will be hard times. 
It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. For some, families have truly been torn apart just like Jesus said. It's not that he came to divide families, it's just that he knew that people would disagree so vehemently about what it looks like to live out God's kingdom that even people living in the same household, depending on each other for their whole lives, would part ways. Some of you have maybe experienced that painful reality or any other number of persecutions. It can affect our entire lives. People whose faith has led them to vote one way or another have found themselves shunned by relatives. People who have quit their jobs because the work didn't align with their understanding of God's hope for the world have been completely forced out of their whole career fields. Women who have felt a call to be pastors have been told they have no place in the pulpit and their voice doesn't matter. LGBTQIA children of God who know in their bones they are exactly who they were made to be have been cut out of families and forced into homelessness. People of color protesting injustices have been murdered in the streets, all because of faith. Jesus never once promised us that following him would be easy. He's not trying to be harsh. He's not trying to be cruel. He's trying to be honest with people that he cares deeply about. Because when Psalm 23 speaks of the valley of the shadow of death, it sure doesn't sound optional to me. The only way through the valley, friends, is through it. But what the psalmist does say is that the shepherd is with us in the valley. That we are never, ever, ever abandoned when it gets hard or scary or painful. That when we are confronted with evil, we are accompanied, we are comforted, we are strengthened. And that on the other side of that valley awaits green pasture, cool water, a time of safety and rest for renewal, the warmth of belonging within the flock and the great and tender care of the shepherd. And if it turns out that any one of those valleys contains a cross for us, it's still not the end of the story. Even then, more life awaits us on the other side as we rest in God's eternal care, because all those things that I quoted from Jesus at the beginning, they are just as real as the persecutions. And they are the truths that ultimately kept and keep today his disciples going. Because Jesus does call his followers to gather people in. Jesus does help us love our enemies and offer mercy, even if it means we have to do it safely from far away. Jesus forgives us any time we falter and helps us to get back up and try again. Jesus reminds us that while fear is totally normal and okay, we need not worry that God has forgotten us or ever will. Jesus does invite us to come to him when we are weary, to rest from the costs of discipleship. Jesus did and does bring salvation to his people, both in the day-to-day of shoring us up and in the life to come. The truth of the gospel is that by following Jesus, we could lose family in the traditional sense. But the bigger truth is that we gain an expansive, diverse, beautiful, blended family in the body of Christ. We have each other. 
the truth of the gospel is that we could lose our jobs. But the bigger truth is that our calling cannot be taken away and we can find great purpose in kingdom work. The truth of the gospel is that we could lose our reputation, but our identity as beloved children of God cannot be stolen and it reminds us that we have value and we have dignity. The truth of the gospel is that we could lose it all only to find something more amazing, more life-giving, more hopeful on the other side. Jesus does not promise that it would be easy. He only promises that it'll be worth it and that we will never be alone. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, your gospel comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. This is a tough truth to swallow, and yet we know the reality of the risks of following you. We also know that even though discipleship can come with the lowest lows, it comes with the highest highs. That you are offering so many wonderful gifts and blessings and surprises to move us through and to carry us along. So help us to look for those and to lean on you and on one another. In Jesus' name, amen.